This is your host for today, Karan Advani, for a change. As previously mentioned, a fan favorite, as they say. But uh, yeah, pleasure to host today. And I'm joined by Casey, uh, Giri Harish, and uh, Shoto. And we're going to be speaking about the proceedings that have been happening over the past week. Uh, I believe the last podcast that we had was about a week ago, where we were speaking about Fred and whether he has a future at the club and what. Ole needs to do to get the best out of him. Uh, and speaking about that, uh, one of the most crucial things that has happened over the past week is the letter that Joel Glazer has written to us fans and the fan representatives. So, uh, talking about that, Casey, what do you think about that? Uh, do you believe what Joel Glazer is saying, or do you think things are going to change at the club? Well, honestly speaking, we have seen a lot of empty promises from the Glazers before. So. And also before that, uh, thank you, Karan. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird, uh, you know, uh, seeing someone dip, uh, apart from now hosting uh, the podcast. But yeah, let me just quickly um, get back on track and not digress. So yeah, uh, we've seen a lot of empty promises that have come in from the Glazers in the past as well. Uh, you know, uh, with respect to increasing the fan uh, involvement uh, and uh, especially with respect to MUST. Uh, requesting or rather uh, being on their uh, you know uh, heels uh, for the last 15 years to improve the amount of involvement that fan ha- fans have uh, and uh, you know how much uh, weightage does the fans opinion uh, have in uh, what the club does as an organization as a uh, as a footballing uh, you know uh, like leader <laughs> right so it could be crocodile tears or it could be a wake-up call uh, and them actually genuinely trying to respond to things that have happened before, uh, you know, vis-a-vis uh, the protests that happened, which led to the uh, postponement of the Liverpool fixture. So it, it could be either of those two things, you know. Uh, at this point in time, I'll not lift my finger and say, okay, yeah, this is definitely, uh, you know, the Glazers actually being apologetic and trying to right the wrongs of the last 15 years because... Honestly, as uh, the uh, you know the owners of the club, they have barely cared about what the fans think or what we wanted as you know a, one of the world's largest fan base. So I don't see that you know suddenly all that would change over uh, just one week or two weeks of time. So I'll I'll just be very cautious. When there is action, that is when I'll believe it. Until that point, I'm going to be very very skeptical. About. Yeah, but speaking of action, uh, one of the things that has come up over the past couple of days is UEFA sanctioning all of the nine clubs that have uh, left the Super League. And uh, I believe they are fining each individual club around 15 million uh, pounds. And uh, they're going to be sending that money to the grassroots level, which I believe is a great thing. But... uh, Immediately after the sanction, journalists like Simon Stone were mentioning that Joel Glazer is going to be paying this money from his own pocket. So, what do you think about that, uh, uh, Harish? Like, uh, do you believe that is that's a step in the right direction, or whether that's just a PR tactic? Well, uh, so this this is like uh, how how to put it. It's like you take out around a huge junk of uh, probably 
have a huge pressure and then you're just giving one part of it or probably 10% of it to the poor saying that yes i did some charity glazers have been looting our club since they start since they uh, owned us or since they have taken over the club and each and every year uh, like each and every year they have been getting a lot of uh, profits from all around different sponsorship deals and all the business deals with ed woodward has been signing off and at, at the same time i believe i guess we are the only club which provides 20% of dividends to its own owners 20% of profits to its own owners so considering what all which we have been getting over the past year 15 million is just peanuts considering glazers work and just to add just to add what um, kc was mentioning regarding being skeptical about it i'm not entirely skeptical about this being an apology letter from the bottom of the heart or anything this looks like a fake ass apology done by uh, as close to what politicians provide when something bad happens or something doesn't go according to their plan they figured out fans play a huge part in the entire organization of the club and uh, right now uh, the petition being signed to have 50 plus 1 uh, percentage of ownership to the fans they realize that they should provide as much as importance and respect to the fans as well so this is nothing but a pr tactic just like you mentioned and at the same point of time uh, when fans can you know postpone a huge game like united versus liverpool they know that they can do much more than uh, just bringing out the bad side of the ownership yeah one of the things that you mentioned when it comes to fan involvement in the proceedings of the club uh, like i believe around 4 to 5 days ago chelsea have become the first club in the top 6 who have welcome the inclusion of fan representatives to their board meetings now i'm not sure whether they're going to be having any voting rights or whether they're going to be involved in the decision making process but uh, it's it's definitely a step in the right direction when it comes to these massive footballing clubs these massive corporations really looking forward to include these fans include the mass population into the day to day workings of the club so what do you think about the short out like is it something that we should be expecting out of united or whether it should become a regulation through uefa or maybe uh, local governments where they force these massive corporations to get as get the primary stakeholders like fans and uh, fan representatives and basic support groups uh, into the decision making of the of the club what do you think about that short right uh, thanks karin for having me here uh, but uh, whatever kc and girish have said i would just harp on a little bit more about from there yes it's uh, it may be a little too late for the owners to come in and talk to us after such a long time it's been almost 15 years now uh, in the wake of the uh, letter which was signed by joel uh, there are a few things to look at it as well first uh the you know mass hysteria which the asl pact caused uh many supporters have come into like come out through the must uh, you know portal as well as the petitions which have been signed uh that plus there has been a word from boris johnson himself about there might be some persecution which the uh, you know legal bombs which will be put across the asl 
members uh, plus the uh, many of our sponsors are getting spooked now and from a perspective of uh, the ownership who has uh, you know uh, taking the ownership of the club through a leveraged buyout uh, for such a huge amount of money to be in debt itself uh, it comes in, like it, it's a onus for the owners itself to run the organization as a well oiled uh, profit uh, making institution that is why they had bookward who was the money man for them now coming to the uh, question that you asked karan uh, i definitely think it's a step in the right direction there should be much more accountability when it comes to the kind of representation the uh, you know uh, the supporters have say while making the decisions or getting their voices heard uh, although joel did mention that he he'll be a part of that discussion uh, it remains to be seen how how frequently that happens and if he can you know keep his words because since the last 15 years we have had zero sliver of trust which is left against him and i think ufa should be looking into it but more than that i think local governing bodies like fa or the pl should be you know harping about this a little bit more because it's not only for us it is also for the other five members who try to break away and maybe later on if there is any other say big uh, ownership which comes into the clubs like newcastle was supposed to be bought off by saudi uh, so if mbs was also there he would have like the institution would have also tried to do something like this to increase the profits and you know keep the books in check so pl especially pl should be looking at it because other leagues i don't think it's uh, you know it's not a huge issue as such because in uh, you know uh, in in your la liga you have your sicarios you have uh, then in uh, say bundesliga obviously you have your 50 plus 1 rule syria is a little uh, you know a little uh, regressed in terms of all of the uh, you know uh, functions i'm not sure about what happens there but in epl it's it's very much needed yeah i agree like uh, it's it's going to be a very interesting topic of discussion over the uh, next few weeks while we have the podcast like whether the other the rest of the toxic intend on increasing the fan culture at the club by uh, probably including them at board meetings and it's going to be interesting especially because uh, i believe the last uh, couple of game weeks in the premier league this season are going to be having the fans in stadiums uh so it's going to be like really nice to see what these fans are going to say and what they're going to portray in front of the board uh and the media so uh like another thing that really pops to my mind is that one of the things that joel blazer mentioned in his letter to the fans like uh, it's it's in front of me he said in addition i want to reassure you that my family and i deeply care about manchester united and feel a profound sense of responsibility to protect and enhance its strength for the long term while respecting its values and traditions uh so what do you guys think about this because one of the things that has really impacted the club over the past two years has been the appointment of ole and uh, in terms of like enhancing the traditions of the club by uh improving the academy structure by promoting a lot of youth by signing better players signing the players with the right mentality and definitely seeing a lot of improvement uh on the pitch when it comes to maybe making 
fourth semi-finals over the past two years, uh, being on track to finishing in the top four for back-to-back seasons, potentially winning the Europa League this season. So do you feel that Joel Reza and Ed Woodward over the past two years have made good progress in uh, improving fan engagement, improving the quality of the players, the quality of the squad, improving the finances of the club? What do you guys think about this? Like, do you feel that the club is heading in the right direction? Well, uh, Karan, uh, there are a few things to be considered here before uh, jumping into this uh, entire you know, uh, direction of uh, or this chain of thoughts, whether the club is heading over to the right direction. The part which Joel Glazer has mentioned in this letter that he would be taking responsibility and uh, providing as much as support from his end for the, uh, you know, for, for the better performance of the club and all. If you if you look into if you look into it from a different perspective, the uh, Signing Ole or getting Ole as our manager was only to bring the fans together. We know that the club was in a very shambolic state between the manager, uh, Jose Mourinho, and the players. There were a lot of rift going around and the fan, the entire fan board was already split into two. Bringing in an ex-United player who has won us the Champions League and has scored probably more than 150 goals for United and having a rich experience on the club who knows about the system, it was a blessing in disguise for Glazer and Woodward that Ole turned out to be pretty good. And um, maybe because of that, now they might give this uh, vote of confidence or this thumbs up, thumbs up saying that we are progressing towards the right direction. That particular decision of bringing in Ole might be a fluke, but the entire system overall on how the transfers are being made or what all we are going to do from a, from a different perspective on a different approach towards the footballing system will not improve if Glazer stays in the club or he, Glazer owns it. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Like, uh, it could definitely be a fluke, as you're mentioning. Uh, because over the past 16 years, while the Glazers have been in charge, they've been fortunate to uh, have Sir Alex as manager for majority of their tenure. And post that, they've just made blunder after blunder. So it, it is definitely possible that Ole might be a fluke, might be something that we got lucky with. But having said that, like we could definitely dwell over uh, these factors where Ole might be a fluke or whether uh, this was intended or whether it wasn't intended. But Karan, let uh, me rephrase that or probably just correct it for you. The decision to appoint Ole was a fluke. Ole as a manager has been incredibly good. The decision to appoint Ole by Glazers and Woodward, that decision might be a fluke. That's what I was trying to Okay. Uh, so, what do you think about that? Uh, Casey and Shorto, both of you, like maybe if you could go back to back, but what do you guys think about uh, the things that are going right at the moment? Like, uh, previous... Like last season, we finished around 33 points behind the leaders. And uh, currently, we are on track to, if, if we end up winning the three games in the next week, we might potentially end up four points behind Manchester City when they play next. So, what do you guys think has changed for the better over the past couple of years? Do you feel that that is uh, really good progress? What do you guys think about uh, Shoto, if you don't mind. <clears throat> And yeah. go ahead. Right. So, uh, 
let me just say one thing okay the the most visibly uh, evident thing that has changed or improved or you know that has happened in the last 2 years <clears throat> since ole has taken over is the players now seem to play for the badge and the manager they play for the manager they play for the club previously i said this i think a countless number of times i think uh, even in uh, like you know the last time i was on with pranav and you uh, i i said this uh, is the fact that we did, we no longer have a bunch of 11 headless chickens running around on the pitch trying to score a goal or trying to defend with their lives <clears throat> what we have now is a closely knit unit that will fight till the end for the manager and the club and the badge that they have on their chest and that i think is the most success that you can have as a manager at this particular club because you know you you can call us uh, emotional fools but football is all about emotion for us fans right so i mean obviously emotion and results <laughs> but uh, that that's what i'm saying like you know uh, ole has made that happen the players listen to him it's very very evident that you know irrespective of what people might say that you know he's just a smiling pe teacher or whatever it is his man management uh, i mean hands down has to be the best that i've seen post sir alex <clears throat> like across like it has to be in the top 3 managers out there in the world right now with respect to man management i'm not talking about tactics and everything else just about getting the best out of his players of course there is always going to be a marshall or fred out there uh, i can't really do anything <laughs> about that but uh, <laughs> let, let's save that debate for a later point in time <laughs> uh and uh, also to add on to what you said right karan uh, uh i'm reading the next part of what uh, uh, you know uh, avram's letter says it says success on the field must be underpinned by solid foundations of off of it we have supported sustained investment of the team over many years and that will continue this summer so he's very clear he is not talking about long term he is very clearly just mentioning that that will continue this summer he has not made any promises of having an you know extravagantly larger kitty uh, for ole to basically splash out and you know get the targets that he wants he just said it's going to continue this summer like you know and on top of that when he says investment he says that we recognize that we will need significant need to significantly increase investment in old trafford and a training complex to ensure that the club's facilities remain among the best in europe as part of this we will continue to consult with the fans on investments related to the stadiums and the match day experience so it's it's not about uh, you know the transfers <clears throat> but more about the match day experience and uh, you know uh, like what is there in and around uh, you know the game and things with the to do with the facility and upliftment of you know probably the city of greater manchester just like city did manchester city did but i don't see how or how much of a impact the fans might have on the transfers and you know things like that or in in general the direction in which the club is supposed to go so that that again you know just to be it might be a empty promise and i think if you can just pull out the response that uh, you know the supporters trust has shared uh, it's it's very clear like you know uh, we we have seen empty words a lot uh, very often from uh, you know from you guys of late so we will only uh, you know respond when we have the time so yeah there's that yeah uh, you like you mentioned uh, joel is for the first time in 16 years was he's interacted with the fans directly 
uh, it could be because of the backlash of the ESL, but uh, for whatever reason, he has happened to communicate with us. And uh, like you mentioned, he's spoken about the importance of the investment in at Old Trafford and the training complex to ensure that the club facilities remain among the best in Europe. Uh, like we've noticed over the past couple of years that the clubs like Leicester have uh, newly opened a training facility. We've noticed that Tottenham and West Ham have gotten new stadiums. Arsenal, on the other hand, have a relatively new stadium, uh, having opened in 2005-2006. So, how important do you guys think is it for us to have one of the uh, best stadiums in the country? Because we definitely have the highest capacity at Old Trafford. I believe 75,000 people could seat there on a full house. So, Shoto, what do you think about uh, this? Do you feel that the brand of Manchester United is only going to be enhanced by further improvement in our training complexes? Or do you believe that like people dwelling on our past glories, our past laurels are going to continue to keep our brand uh, afloat with the best clubs in Europe? Do you believe that? When you're looking at the financial you know, implications, uh, better facilities at the you know, stadium can provide better facilities for season pass holders or traveling fans and things like that. So you can increase a little bit of the income from there as well. Although you're putting in some investment out there. Uh, and about the you know, past laurels, I suppose because of the investment in the, squad, like in, in the uh, team, like team which supports the squad, when you're looking at the people who are currently looking after our, uh, say, the direction in which the football should go ahead, and how the recruitment has been for our, uh, you know, the under 18 and under 23 squads. That has been very impressive in terms of the kind of people who have come. Uh, recently, we got someone from Crystal Palace for, as a scout, who was, I suppose, one of the you know, big shots over there. And that does give some positive, you know, vibes that things are getting into place because as of now, we had people of money who were looking into the operations of Manchester United. But... There are certain things that are, you know, being uh, imposed on as well as, you know, placated so that we can go move on ahead a little bit past our past glories as well. Yeah, indeed. It's going to be really interesting to see how Joel Beza acts upon his words in this letter or whether it's just him speaking to us just for PR. It's going to be really interesting to see how he's going to act upon his words. But having said that, uh, today's match day, we are playing Ashton Villa. And uh, it's going to be one of, it's going to be the first game of our hectic schedule over the past, over the next five days, we're playing three games, which in my eyes is quite absurd. It's it's a ridiculous thing, especially in a COVID situation where we've played games at an average of three to four days throughout the season. But what do you guys think? Do you believe that Aston Villa is going to trouble us tonight or would we be able to uh, get the three points and uh, see it off for tonight? What do you guys think? No relation, no parties. It's, it, it's bonkers, literally bonkers about how like how frequently you have to play these games right now. And Aston Villa has troubled a lot of teams. It's not going to be easy. Our three fixtures are tough. Uh, depending on see, we did have some rest in between after the Roma match, but Leicester and Liverpool within three days. That's that's crazy. Yeah, but what do you predict? Like, uh, do you predict any score line today? 
I believe we can win 2-1 because they will score first, then we'll come back again. Like we always do all season. <laughs> yeah, what do you think, Giri? Well, the extra congestion is pretty absurd, just like you mentioned. And uh, I guess Ole also mentioned about the same thing that this list was uh, the, the, these fixtures were created or maybe scheduled by people who haven't touched football or haven't played games on a professional level. And well, personally, playing football on a very amateur level in leagues around, having three games or uh, in, in a matter of five days is completely difficult to perform with. And given the fact that these, uh, these three games might decide on where we are finishing on the table, provided Chelsea are coming, uh, Chelsea are fighting strong. And the intensity of the games, it's, it's pretty absurd. This, this entire fixture list for the next week is, uh, you know, <clears throat> is horrendous. That's what I would say. And you might see a lot of, uh, you know, changes in the, within the squad. Or you'll have role players coming up and starting over games. And so, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll probably go with a 1-1 draw or an in-nil draw today against Villa. Funny you mentioned that, uh, uh, you know, Harish. Uh, it's basically, uh, I, I don't think Ole believes in any of the other players to, you know, come in and fill in the slot for him. Because what we're saying is he has like his uh, inner circle of those seven players that he would not change even if the world was coming to an end. And probably only give a chance if, you know, they're like, okay, boss, please, like, I, I don't want to do this. Uh, maybe let me have a break. And I don't think any of those seven players are people that would go ahead and go to him and say, okay, boss, I need a pick. Because every single one of the players that we see right now seems like, you know, they all want to play every single minute of every game. Like, you know, I, I believe you might have read the Bruno's uh, Bruno statement, uh, especially where he said, you know, I, I am used to playing three hours a day. Uh, you know, for me, if I, uh, like, you know, to play once a week or twice a week for 90 minutes is not sufficient. So I want to play more and more. Like, you know, that that is the kind of mentality that you really want in your team, that you want from the leader on the pitch that you have, uh, you know, uh, the and the kind of performances that he keeps pulling in, uh, putting in week in, week out. Uh, and I think that is exactly what Ole wants. Uh, if you've seen, uh, our team has become like the most, uh, what do you call, <coughs> uh, you know, fit in terms of their distance covered. And we have one position higher up the pitch than any other team in the Premier League, if I'm not wrong. So having said that, I don't expect a lot of rotations. Uh, Villa, yes, I think I am also on the same uh, lines uh, as Karan. I think we'll also nick out, uh, sorry, I think Shoto it was, uh, that we'll nick out a win. But uh, I, I might be a little, uh, you know, uh, ambitious and say that we might win by two goals. Maybe it's a 3-1. But I do think it'll be a boring first half. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really crucial to win today's game because mathematically we need four points to seal top four. Because the, I, I believe the lowest that we could finish is sixth currently uh, if Liverpool and West Ham end up winning all their games. But uh, if we happen to win four points over the next three games this week, we would have sealed top four. And at the end of the day, if we don't win the league, the position doesn't really matter. Whether you finish second or fourth, Champions League is what matters. So, we, we really need to beat Aston Villa today and uh, be one step closer or maybe two steps closer to Champions League. Uh, 
so yeah it, it, it's going to be nice to see how ole is going to be rotating because i believe it's the first time that ole has mentioned how he's going to be rotating the side so i i want to see how well he could back his own comments over there uh, but like yeah uh it's going to be interesting yeah, Taran, i agree with you over here but like you know at the same point to add up what kesi was saying we don't have all pagdi songs like 11 pagdi songs or probably 10 pagdi songs playing over here bruno fernandez yes he has been putting a lot of effort and for him it's 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 not up to his level maybe to, you know to have this congestion fixture congestion and he thinks it's pretty uh, fair from his part but others are not Parji Sangs or Kante's or Makalele's over here who can run around. They're forgetting Maguire as well. Maguire has been having a whole of a game. Yeah, it's not like everyone has a very good fitness level given the fact that few of our creative players are uh, going to Ramadan and uh, they have to, uh, you know, they they have to go on with their own uh, lifestyle along with their own, uh, along with the fixtures. So, yeah, like Ole should be fairly rotating the squad. He, you can he, he can keep a score of maybe three or four players uh, each and every day, but still he has to rotate the squad to get the best out of everyone and the best out of the results. You know, right. even if he rotates, I don't want the same diamond formation without the proper you know, uh, uh, you know center back pairing. No, the diamond formation that we played in the Roma second half, we had very bad. results over there in the second half when we were leaking every kind of chance yeah but i uh, today perhaps we might be seeing our first level uh, because yeah i agree considered this we could consider this game to be like just an aftermath after the europa league game so today we might see our strongest level yeah but uh, if we can get a win then it's going to be safer for ole to rotate his team and uh, yeah uh, like on on that note i believe that we can we could end this podcast or this episode uh, so what are your final thoughts like a debut for shoko uh, what what do you think about this experience i have been listening to you all across spotify i have been sharing all the tweets uh, i you can call me a fanboy of this podcast itself so it's uh, really nice to be here and i'm grateful and i hope that i can come again soon and we can have a long discussion about other topics related to united and other things for sure it's been lovely having you uh, what do you think harish like you've been here for the second or the third time now yeah we've gotten sick of you but now let's see what do you think <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it's nice to have uh, discussions you know about all this on a very broader level and as probably as you know, as professional as possible because you very well know like what happens when we discuss or get into a discussion <laughs> well yeah so it was nice and um, let's let's have more discussions on this and we can have more sessions talk about a variety of things and uh, not only just stick to the con- contemporary or the current things going on but also from a future perspective or, and also from a past uh, sessions perspective so yeah let's see and yeah th- thanks for having me again like yeah you will be seeing a lot of uh, mean many more episodes well current like of course <laughs> along with you <laughs> yeah for sure and can see like final thoughts from your i think the bigger question is to basically figure out who is going to be there to replace current because we are sick of having current on every single episode exactly <laughs> like i, I can't oh, stand he's a fan favorite man 
I can't stand him hosting. I wanted, uh, you know, literally like most of the time, what happens? Like you all, everyone knows here. Probably, or if they don't, it's like Karan and I. We always have different thoughts. Like it's always extreme. Like here, yeah, I guess the last episode where we both of us were like he was with Henderson and I was with Dehaya. So that like <laughs> that's just one. That's just a trailer of uh, thoughts which we both both of us have. So. Come on, Karan. Like maybe I, I would want Pranav to show up more, hosting the episode, and Karan on the other side, so that we can discuss more on yeah, yeah. more on more the footballing. Maybe special maybe emphasis episode. on the word discuss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, maybe <laughs> maybe we might have maybe we might have Pranav back in the next episode. But having said that, that's all from the Shandles United podcast. Uh, it's been a pleasure. See you soon next time.